Blog Talk Radio. You've just connected with Parkinson's Recovery. This is Robert Rogers. Today's program, we feature an incredible, I might say, interview with Leif Ogard, who is the author of the just-released book titled, I Have Parkinson's, But Parkinson's Does Not Have Me. This is a quite incredible interview, and if you are an individual who happens to have symptoms of Parkinson's and are hoping to be able to find a place where you will become hopeful about your own recovery, this is the place for you to be. So stay tuned. You're going to listen and hear to some quite fascinating insights on what it means for an individual who has had the symptoms of Parkinson's for 21 years and who, as you will soon hear, was told when he first had the diagnosis that he would be in a wheelchair in five years. So this is a quite remarkable story. And one of the things I can tell you that Leaf told me during the interview was he wished he had had his book to read when he was first diagnosed with Parkinson's. So he's on a mission, he's on a cause uh, to be able to get the word out to people that uh, no, the fact of the matter is just because you might have some neurological challenges in the moment and today doesn't mean that tomorrow or next week it's going to be the same story. So it's a, it's an awesome and an incredible interview. It's a recorded interview since uh, he is Swedish, and so we talked over obviously long distance. And uh, some of the interview actually had to be edited because of the, uh, the, the the difficulties in the phone transmission. Before I begin the first part of my uh, very special interview with Leaf, I want to give you an update on Scott Lucart's ride across America. For those of you who have been following this, I interviewed both Scott Lucard and Dr. Jay Alberts from the Cleveland Clinic. Scott is doing a bicycle race in the Race Across America contest, which started yesterday. He started from San Diego, California. I just checked in to his um, uh, 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 tweet <laughs> update on Twitter. And uh, he is cruising at 28 miles per hour, uh, riding on the desert floor in Arizona. And he is currently heading to Congress, Arizona. You can uh, get uh, recent updates and, uh, and a scoop on the progress of his bicycle race, which will probably take, depending on how fast he goes and how well the race goes, about 7 to um, 10 or 11 days. Um, you can get the scoop of where he's at on the following website, scottsbigride.com. That's all one word, so it's S-C-O-T-T-S-B-I-G-R-I-D-E.com. The bicycle race goes from San Diego, California, in the USA, to Annapolis, Maryland. So that's, for those of you who are from other countries, that's from the west coast of the United States over all the way to the, to, to the east coast. It's about a 3,000-mile trip. Scott is raising money to support the research work of Dr. Jay Alberts at the Cleveland Clinic. Uh, they are doing what I believe is revolutionary, cutting-edge research on the effects of exercise on the development of uh, the brain. 
And uh, so I really want to encourage you to follow Scott. If you're on the route, which you can see at his website, you can actually uh, go out, maybe bring a sign, do a little cheer. I know it will make a difference because this is a formidable challenge. He's on the bike 20 hours a day. He eats on the bike. The only thing he doesn't do is sleep. So the minute he stops uh, racing, he gets off his bike and uh, sleeps for four hours, and then he's back on the bike again. So it's quite a courageous event. His brother, Mark, has the symptoms of Parkinson's. It's a very young, young onset uh, kind of a, a challenge. So it's quite a story, and I encourage you, if you live along the route, to uh, come out and support his incredibly courageous effort uh, to make this uh, ride across the America in a very brief period of time in the Race America race, which is uh, just kicked off yesterday. So, uh, again, you've just tuned in to Robert Rogers, and this is Parkinson's Recovery. And what I want to now do is play you the first part of my interview with Leif uh, Ogard, uh, the author of the book, I Have Parkinson's, But Parkinson's Does Not Have Me. And I also want to tell you, I'm live right now, and what I'm about to do is to play you the recording. I want you to know that there is actually a story that goes with the interview that I do did with Leaf on Monday. And you're going to see the story unfold as the interview unfolds. Now, what I want to tell you about the first part of the story that's underneath the story that you're going to hear him talk about in terms of the questions and answers I ask him about his Parkinson's is that in the first segment, I was able to actually see Leaf uh, on the Skype interface that we were using to record the interview, and he was having uh, some dyskinesia. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, that's kind of some extra movements uh, that are caused by oftentimes some uh, um, medication imbalances. And uh, so I, you know, I said clearly that was it was not affecting his ability to uh, to to uh, answer the questions, but it was very clear that uh, that the dyskinesia uh, mobility challenges were up for him. You might actually be able to hear that in some of his answers. You might be able to hear the fact that he's actually moving quite a bit during this very first segment of the interview. So just notice that. And I've got a quite interesting story to tell you about the second set of the interview that I had with Leif. I'm talking with Leif Ogard, who uh, has a quite fascinating story about his experience with the symptoms of Parkinson's. Welcome very much, Leif, for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> now, your story is so fascinating. You have actually written a book about your experience. Tell us some about what that's been all about. Well, uh, I made most of the mistakes possible, and the worst mistakes also, <laughs> uh, in the beginning. And I had a very bad time to start with. Uh, I, you see, I got a prognosis uh, that the doctor told me I had Parkinson, uh, and he also told me that I should be wheelchair bound, meaning that I shouldn't be able to move myself, uh, uh, my body, without help of a wheelchair uh, within the next five years, at the latest. So that was a really bad start because I was raised. Uh, on the Swedish West Coast in a fishing family where authorities was the one one listened to and was learned to obey from the, from the beginning. So I took that message to myself and made it my own. Absolutely unconsciously. Uh, I didn't know about it, but that's what I understand afterwards happened. 
So after three months after that uh, visit at the doctor's at the hospital, I couldn't move my left arm. It was completely la la lame. <laughs> I probably had made it uh, in less than five years if I had been allowed to go on. Uh, but uh, I was saved by a miracle. And the miracle was my wife. <laughs> she refused to accept that it was going so fast after I'd been at that visit to the doctor. I was getting much uh, less sh uh, worse shape than uh, after the visit than, than before. Uh, she figured out that that was something weird about that. One day she was uh, challenging me on the, what I thought was a very tough way, and, and she told me she um, was, uh, she didn't believe that I couldn't move my arm. Uh, she said it was uh, not, not okay, not right. And I got so angry, so I couldn't do, uh, control myself. And I started to shout and, and, uh, and make gestures with my arm, even my left arm, <laughs> which I couldn't move seconds before that. And then she said, now you can move the left arm. And obviously I could, embarrassing, I didn't know what to do, what to say. How on earth could that be that I... Seconds earlier, I was impossible for me to move on. Now, when the feelings took over, I could move it. That's where the change started. The magic moment. I realized that I had taken the message from my doctor, put it into my head, and made it my goal. To be wheelchair bound within five years or earlier. That was the beginning. Well, that's quite fascinating, I want to say. And so you decided you weren't going to accept that uh, uh, channel uh, and you're going to use another channel. Yeah, the, that's, uh, that's right. And it took some time. It's easy to say afterwards that uh, I've done that and that and that, but it was a, it was a struggle. One philosopher said, life can only be lived forwards and understood backwards. <laughs> and uh, that's what I, after, after some time, did realize that uh, there's a tremendous, uh, my own thoughts, could I steer them? Yes, after a while I... I, I realized and I decided for myself that I could steal my thoughts. And, and that way I could also start to take control over my own situation. But it took some time. It took, uh, it took uh, yeah, between two and seven, seven years. All, all, all the most important things were, took a uh, long time. And one of the worst things I did was that I denied it. I denied my disease. I denied my situation. And I didn't tell anyone. I didn't even tell my daughters that I had Parkinson's before, after seven years. 
It was what took the longest time of all the questions I fighted with. Uh, and that was, a, that was really a disaster. So if anyone is having any questions, if you should tell your environment about having Parkinson's or any other disease or problems, I have only one answer. Do tell them as soon as possible. And as frank as, as uh, it is possible to do it. You, you just go into more and more problems if you start uh, taking, lying, and I wasn't trustworthy even to myself, I think, at, at the end. And, and, and one of my daughters, it took three years to repair that after she had got the signal from me that I had poison and haven't told her. So she was angry about the fact that you hadn't told her? Is that what you're saying? And from my side, I thought I was uh, nice to her, not telling her about the problems. <laughs> but just the reverse. She was, uh, yep. she was quite upset that you yep. hadn't told her about what was really going on. As, as you can see now on, on the video, I am, I'm having an uh, overreaction. I have big problems to control my body at the moment. And uh, that's uh, very <laughs> disturbing. But that's how it is. Between, between the, these moments of, uh, which comes to the engagement uh, now in, in this interview, uh, of course, uh, I live a, a good life. Uh, I can control my body and it works beautifully. I can do a lot of sports and, and exercises. And, and then, uh, on the other end, when I'm off, I have problems to move at, at all. <laughs> and that's difficult to understand when I'm moving like this. You made a huge transformation of your own thinking about what was going on. And you mentioned that it took uh, really a number of years for you to shift from this uh, negative thinking about what was going on to, uh, to a very different kind of a, a, a thought form approach. What did you do to make that transformation other than start telling people what was going on? Did you have affirmations? Did you uh, get some therapies from one person or another? What did you do to help you be able to transform one your thinking about what was I going on? I was lucky to start at about the same time I got the diagnosed also that I started mental training, concentration. I, I took a, a distance video or, or course at a university level in, here in Sweden for Lars Erik Unestol, professor uh, from Örebro in Sweden. <coughs> and um, that was really uh, a tool that uh, helped me a lot. And when I put that basic as a tool. And I tried to meditate uh, at least once a day. I had done that for most of the 7,787 days <laughs> I have had Parkinson's since I got the diagnosis. 7,787 days. <laughs> uh, then uh, one other important thing I found out was that I had to have knowledge. 
The, the doctor who will get me the information about Parkinson's didn't say anything more than I should should be a progressing be worse and worse until I get into the wheelchair and et, et cetera. He didn't give any, give any hope, he didn't tell anything about what it was that the scientists were working on getting finding one more things on getting closer closer to the to the final solution. So I started to find information and knowledge about functions. And the major source was the internet. Uh, where I was surfing and finding and asking questions and, and, and so on. And curiosity. I wanted no information so I could take decisions myself. For example, which medicine? Medicine and how much medicine? That's my medicine bell that I was calling. Um, dopamine, which is the single substance that is lacking in, in my brain. And I produce too little of Is one of about 300 signal substances in the brain. One out of the 300. Let's say it, it had been 300 exactly. Uh, in that case, one is misfunctioning. But for heaven's sake, one out of 299 is, isn't working. Am I sick or am I healthy then? I'm thinking about all the other functions in my body that is working. So, to my opinion, I'm more healthy than sick. From that, that day on, I started to look upon myself as healthy instead of sick. And that was a tremendous change in quality of life. And I found out that I was healthy <laughs> instead of sick. <laughs> That's beautifully said, I must say. Absolutely beautifully said. Leif, I, I want to ask you to go back. Um, there was a little interruption in your explanation of the uh, course that you took in Sweden. Um, could you tell us once again... Uh, what the course was, there may be people who'd like to learn more about that. So what it was, how, how long yeah. it takes to take the course, etc. Et at that time, uh, in the Swedish University, branch University, in, uh, uh, given by Lars Erik Unestol, professor. And so is this course currently offered to uh, people, or was that just a yeah. one-time event? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's still uh, offered. You're listening to my interview with Leif Ogard. This is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. You've just heard the first segment of the interview. And what I didn't actually play in the recorded interview was uh, his request to uh, take about a 10 or 15 minute break. And I didn't actually know why uh, he had made that request, but I stopped the recording and we basically interrupted the interview for about uh, 10 or 15 minutes. I'll explain why in a minute. The actual uh, course that he referred to, I have more details about because he sent them to me in an email. If you enter on an uh, internet search the following term, 
personal development through mental training. What you'll see is a top site that will come up, which is the site that explains the course. And um, the professor uh, is Lars Eric Unisall, and I'm going to spell that for people in case you want to search on, on his name. It's professor, and then the first name is Lars, L-A-R-S hyphen Eric, E-R-I-C. And the last name is U H N E S T A A H L. And again, you can uh, see the listing of the course uh, at the very top of the uh, search engine webpage for most search engines if you will use uh, the search term personal development through mental training. Lars uh, Leaf's particular explanation of uh, the moment that transformed his own thinking uh, about his Parkinson's uh, is really a timely observation. We noticed the very same thing at the Parkinson Center here in Olympia, Washington. Uh, there can be moments when people are having significant uh, symptom challenges, and then uh, when they get into a place of feeling safe, uh, then those symptoms can immediately resolve. So you heard the quite fascinating and uh, a bit humorous explanation of his exchange between his wife, who was challenging what was going on, his actually getting a bit angry at what was going on with himself, and then all of a sudden he's waving his arms all around, which he hadn't been able to move before, and his wife is saying, see, what's really up here? Uh, that's really very typical from our experience is that it is possible to be able to have a huge impact on your ability to move, to talk, to speak, uh, and to be mobile. Um, and we're going to see evidence of that here in the second part of the, uh, of the interview. Now, the second theme that I want to emphasize that he makes in the first part of the interview is the importance that he believes there, there is in actually telling people what's up in terms of the symptoms instead of hiding the diagnosis and shame is basically going out and saying, look, I've got some symptoms here and I'm addressing them. And he describes the uh, challenges that he had with his daughter who was actually very angry. And I think he said it took some years to be able to repair that relationship because uh, she didn't understand why he wouldn't uh, uh, convey to her uh, what was going on with him medically. Uh, so actually, I want to just say this is an invitation for anyone. You can uh, dial in if you're listening uh, through the Internet, but you can dial in on a phone number and you can tell everybody, hey, I've got the symptoms of Parkinson's and it's no big deal. So you can come out of the closet if you've been hiding in there. The phone number is 347-945-5358. I do have somebody on the air right now before I move to play the second part of my interview with Leaf. And let's see what they have to say. Hello, uh, area code 870, you are on the air. Hello, this is Robert Rogers. I've just clicked you on the air, and you have area code 870. Hello? 870, this is Robert Rogers from Parkinson's Recovery. Your phone number is 334-3196. You're on the air. It sounds like they don't know they're on the air, so I'm going to click them off. And what I'm going to do 
is invite anybody to call in the number, and what you have to do is to push the number uh, one on your dial pad after you call the number and just let me know you'd like to be able to talk on uh, the program about whatever, especially if you have a, a story about your own ability to be able to get relief from your symptoms. Um, again, the number is 347-945-5358. I want to now move to play the, uh, the, the second segment of the interview, and basically what you're going to hear is that Leaf took a brief pause to be able to go into a meditative state that he's learned how to do with paying attention to his breath in order to be able to, uh, to take control over his body movements, which he was able to totally control over a very short period of time. So this was not due to any kind of medicine intervention. It was due to his own ability to be able to use his mind and his focus to be able to bring his body into a place of centeredness and balance. So it's quite remarkable, really. You're not able to see a video of the difference uh, between the before and after, but you can hear the difference in the actual uh, discussion that we're having back and forth. So this is Leif Olgard, the second part of my interview with him that I actually had on Monday of this week, author of I Have Parkinson's, but Parkinson's does not have me. Tell us, if you could please, about your symptoms and if they've changed over the course of your Parkinson's? Yes, uh, they changed uh, substantially. And uh, in the first years, I don't remember very much, but uh, I started with uh, levodopa, which is a pre-stadium for dopamine signal substance that's a lacking brain. The scientists found it out uh, in the 80s, 90s, and we got a Swede, uh, Mr. Carlson, who got the Nobel Prize for in medicine for that year 2000. Uh, that is my basic medicine, Levodopa, and it's uh, in a brand called Mother Park. I don't know if you have that in the US, but anyway, it's uh, Levodopa. Uh, then I've added uh, medicine that is uh, hindering the body from its natural reaction when it comes in material or substances from outside. It reacts and tries to hinder it to go into the body. When I take this pills of, of Levodopa, it goes to the stomach and there it is uh, taken up by the blood and transported and transformed to dopamine up in the brain. It takes about 45 minutes before that starts. So, and that uh, together with uh, other restrictions, what I can eat and when I can eat, uh, how much I will have in the evening and in the night and in the day. Next, it took a long time for me to figure out which was the optimal dose. And I'm still working on it after 7,787 days. <laughs> uh, and I can tell you that uh, for the last six years I have decreased my volume of medicines with 10% about. So I, from time to time I go in and measure in a very specific and very defined way how much medicine I take, which, how the body is reacting, what type of food I eat and when I eat, what exercise I do, etc. etc. So I get a completely scan of, of the situation. And then I evaluate it and see if I go on 
better or worse, or what I could think of as solutions for making it better. Then I go to my. So you monitor. Yes. You you are monitoring yourself uh, continuously about how much medicine you actually need. Then, do I understand that correctly? Yes, that's right. Who else can do it? And you are all. You also said, just to be absolutely clear, that you're taking less medicine now than you were in the beginning. Did I understand that correctly? No, not in the beginning. It's. I haven't uh, decreased since the start, but it was uh, medicine was climbing up. Uh, Gradually, up till the year of uh, six years back, we are in the year 15 then, after the diagnosis. Uh, then I got uh, this uh, medicine that is uh, hindering my body from anti-reactions. And then I could lower my intake of medicines uh, with 50%. But we take from that level on, uh, about about uh, 1,100 milligrams per day. Uh, I have been able to decrease it on the last, for the last six years with about 10%. For people who are not good at math, how many years have you had Parkinson's? 21 years. What types of things do you do uh, to get relief from your symptoms? Well, to be physically and mentally active is the uh, number one question. You have to do exercise every day on mental training and on physical training. You must get your body fight against the second effects, uh, second degree effects of Parkinson. The basic of Parkinson is shaking and problems with starting and, and rigidity in the body. That in, in, in its case gives uh, complications on the, on the body. If you don't fight against it, you can get uh, back problems in the spinal system. Uh, you can get uh, uneven as, as the Parkinson mostly, in the most cases, are more dominant on one side than the other. For me, it's the left side that is more dominant, affected. That, that if I don't uh, train physically about that. Against that, I will be probably leaning too much uh, to the right or to the left um, because the muscles they want to even the this, this thing that is not okay uh, out and, and uh, you get uh, getting more and more problems with uh, with the body, um, aching back or. Tell, tell us about your exercise program. Do you exercise every single day, and, how, and what do you do to exercise? Yes, I exercise every, every, every day, and that's important. Uh, one of my favorites uh, is uh, the ping pong or table tennis. It's an excellent sport for, uh, to train balance, reaction, and, and uh, gymnastics. And, yeah, takes the whole body. So I play tennis, table tennis, uh, with my neighbor uh, normally three or four or five days a week. We play ten sets, very hard, very tough, very, uh, a lot of laughs and, and, and uh, having, having fun. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great fun. <laughs> then I do uh, bowling once a week, 
meet friends when we're stalking some. I uh, have my bow that I'm shooting arrows uh, into an archery, I think. In, in, in your yard? Yes. At home? And, uh, and then when you say bowling, when you say bowling, just to be clear, since you are, are in Sweden, and, and uh, the United States, uh, in bowling, we go to bowling alleys, and they have pins, and we throw the uh, ball at the pins. Is that the kind of bowling that you do? Right so you're bowling with other individuals who have the symptoms of yes. Parkinson's. And then the archery is also a physical activity that's a regular activity yes, for you. I probably try to do it every day. And um, the first thing I did uh, today when I arrived here to Dalarna, which is our summer place now, where we um, arrived today, I took my bow out, mounted it, and, and uh, shot one arrow, and I made a 10 1 at the first uh, hit. Ah, you have arrived at the right concentration on uh, and uh, to get uh, in harmony with the body, relaxing. That's right. A lot of centeredness, a lot of centeredness, uh, a lot of clarity. That's really awesome. And I try to uh, exercise by walking on the beach or uh, any other natural activities. And then I play golf, of course. Ah! I have a wonderful, uh, in the wintertime or rest of the year when we are not in the summer house, uh, we have a nine-hole club, uh, a course, a nine-hole course, uh, just ten minutes from where I live. And uh, I can, it's not that many people are there, so I can go out whenever I want. And it's wonderful. Normally, that would be uh, oh, that does. around uh, two or one or two or three times a week. Did I also understand you to say that your exercise also involved challenges to the mind yes. as well as the body? Yes, I tried to make some Sudoku, once an hour a day. Uh, then I do mental training. Relaxing, but my latest challenge is uh, to try to get uh, control over the over uh, the tremors, the overreaction I had uh, early in the interview, where I try to get by training, breathing, and and uh, a mantra, try to conquer that overreaction so I can calm my body down and get in control and be the one who decides what the body is going to do and not being out of the control as you saw on the video in the beginning. Uh, you found that by doing those exercises you are able to then address the problems yes. of the tremors. I, I am about to sort out to find out how to conquer or to win against Parkinson when it's about this uh, overreaction. And uh, I have a personal trainer in body knowledge, they call it, who has taught me to how to do. And uh, more and more often, I, I can handle it. And it feels very good. That is so cool. Uh, so for listeners, this is a recording, uh, recorded interview. And at the beginning, 
Uh, I was actually able to see Leif, uh, uh, although he's in Sweden and I'm in uh, Olympia, Washington in the USA. I could see that uh, the, uh, the um, uh, movements, the dyskinesia and uh, some of the tremoring uh, was a bit bothersome. So we took a break and uh, it's been about, what, uh, uh, 20 minutes or so since that. And basically then what you did was you were able to go into this series of, uh, of mental exercises and be able to resolve what was really flaring for you at the moment. That's and now right. you're just much better. Is that right? Yes. That is so cool. Now, now how, long does it take for you to, how long does it take for you to be able to sort of settle in and resolve the, uh, uh, the, the tremoring and the dyskinesia? Uh, does it take a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes? Does it depend think, on the I situation? Think about, uh, you should say five minutes. Uh, a couple of minutes, plus or minus. Wow. Huh. Can yeah. you give people lessons? <laughs> I go on the sea and sit there shaking and... And I try to make my noises and, and breathe, and then after five, five minutes, I'm completely calm. And the body is still. And do you have a specific focus that you give when you breathe? Do you count? Do you just focus on the air coming in and out, or more so on the air going out, or so do you I just pay, pay attention, attention to the breathing? To the basic systems in the spinal systems. So I can sit with the spinal uh, right straight and. and Try to get the natural muscles that uh, keep the body up, be in action, and the, uh, the ones that uh, try to bend the body back to the where we were when we were born, uh, as an egg. <laughs> uh, try to re relax those muscles and, and just be by the natural muscle systems. And by Jove, it works. Yeah, That's what's awesome. so cool. Do you uh, see me now, by the way? No, I'm not, look, I'm not able to see you right now. I don't know why, but I don't see the uh, picture of you on the, uh, on the screen. But I can hear just in, yeah, the, uh, yeah. in the way you're talking that all that's resolved uh, just by virtue of the meditation that you did. Uh, that is just so remarkable. So many people will be inspired by your story of just what happened here in the last 30 minutes, Leif. Tell us more about other things that you do, uh, for example, diet and eating. Are you yes, attentive to well, what I you take eat? The medicine, and this is a medicine I take. It doesn't, it's not true for every medicine. But uh, when I take levodopa, you must be especially uh, aware of the fact that uh, protein has the same way up into the blood system. It's uh, taken up uh, and it's faster and it... Uh, really shuts the door for the medicine. So there is a, a no, big no for eating and taking a medicine at the same time. Then the medicine doesn't work. So I must take the medicine at least 30 minutes before I eat. And I should minimize my intake of, take of protein in the daytime. I have to eat that in the night instead to get enough protein to my body. So I... I I, I yes, I take it late evening then I take a big beef and I, I wanted to ask you a question about support groups, uh groups that you that help you be able to uh, uh do the kinds of things that are needed to be able to feel good. Uh do you attend a regular Parkinson's uh, support group in Sweden? Group. Yeah. Ah, that's what I thought. 
That is your support yeah. group, then. You, you, you meet together and you go bowling. Uh, I've been active in the... How did you find each other? For Swedish, Swedish Parkinson Association and the local uh, Parkinson Association a couple of years ago. So I have an, a, quite a good network of people. But uh, we don't meet uh, people I care about most, uh, really, at the moment. And that is the newly diagnosed because now. Uh, that's the one I would like to to make more for because uh, I have such a lot of experience that I could uh, make them uh, make the life much easier for them. That's why I'm also eager to sell my book uh, because well, that could that could uh, make yes. life much more easier than 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 if not. Actually, I, when I and I wrote that book. I, it was my thought to to wrote the book. I I, I have I wanted someone had written to me for 15 years ago when I was newly newly diagnosed. Tell us more about the book. What's the, the title, title of the same, book? In English, it's the same as my credo. Uh, that is, I have Parkinson, but Parkinson doesn't have me. That's that's a wonderful and. Ah, that's a wonderful. Everyone who would like it, please use it, because it's not mine. <laughs> and it gives such a lot of strength that uh, to repeat that in first time in learning, <laughs> uh, and, and and think about it and say, now I know it's a new day. It should be a wonderful day. At the same time, I would uh, right. like to mention that I n- never go out of the bed before I have lost. So I get a get a. I gave up a good laugh before I I get out of the bed. And in the beginning, my wife was uh, very curious about what I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a part of your routine. Now, did I understand you do this when you first wake up in the morning, or when just I before you go to bed morning. at night? Is it w- which part of the day is it? In the morning. So it's basically one of your first activities is to find a a good way to laugh a, a long way. Yeah. It's a great dopamine shot. Yes. Isn't yes. It? Yeah, then you have the choice every morning to say yes or no to life. I used to say yes. You can order Leif Ogard's book, I Have Parkinson's, But Parkinson's Does Not Have Me, by visiting the following website, www.masterparkinson.com, and that's spelled M-A-S-T-E-R, P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N dot com. So for individuals who are newly diagnosed, what would you like them most to hear about Parkinson's? I would like to give them a solving the problem. We have very good medicines, and there's no reason for being... Drowned in in, in 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 sorrow and, and fear because you can do a lot of things. You said I'm quite convinced that uh, having Parkinson compared with what you was what this uh, doctor says normally that you're going to meet, you can avoid two thirds of that by own exercise, mentally and, and physically every day, and taking the command. Being convinced that you can handle the situation and feel feel happy and feel uh, healthy. Don't accept the things that they say that you are 
so and so bad and, and not healthy, believe in yourself and, and, uh, and go forward. Everything will be better tomorrow than today. Ah, that's great. The, not worse, but better. <laughs> I think that my quality of life I love your ability to frame things in a positive way. I started my own company. I did vice versa to everybody else that's getting sick. I, I've never made such a lot of money I've done since I got person. I have, I have beat my dream now. <laughs> That's great. So the people thought they were going to get worse, did get worse, yes, but did. you thought you were going to get better, and, and I, you, by Jovi, you did get better. And not only house. that, but you've made a ton of money. And, uh, I think every day uh, I started uh, uh, that's remarkable. What, what uh, is your company? What do you do in your ago, business? I started a consult- management consulting company. I was in the management consulting business, and we were a couple of friends that... Uh, Started our own company. And uh, looking on the economy for accepting being sick or staying healthy, the, the tremendous difference in cost for the, for the, for the society uh, and, and for yourself. So it's just a win win situation to be active and proactive and, and, and go on. Don't give it up. Fight. And it keeps you strong. The best medicine I ever had is my work. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, it's been a true inspiration. It, what else do you want to be sure and uh, say uh, that we haven't talked about so I far? I think uh, if I should try to give you, uh, if I should give you my best advice, I would limit it to three three advices. Be proactive. But I talked about as I started my own company, for example, to take full responsibility. That means that you don't allow anyone else to decide about you and your life and your body. If you don't know the answers of what you should decide, get information. Uh, be stubborn not to accept what they say is must happen and must do. Be sure that it's true before you accept it and take charge. And be solution-oriented, not problem-oriented, solution-oriented. There are always solutions for any question, and there are always a good answer, a simple answer, if you work on it enough. Do believe in this, act on that, and you will have a much higher quality of life. You have been a true inspiration, Leif. I want you to know I'm talking to Leif Ogard. And for those of you that are interested in uh, purchasing his book, his name is spelled L-E-I-F, and the uh, last name is Ogard, O-G-A-R-D. And the title of his book is I Have Parkinson's, But Parkinson's Does Not Have Me, as is clearly obvious from my discussion with him today. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, being able to be available to talk about your experience with Parkinson's after 21 long years. And... The news that you, the truth is you're a lot better now than you were before and uh, the miracle of what you've been able to accomplish. You are a true inspiration. So this is Robert Rogers for Parkinson's Recovery. I'm back live. You've been listening to my recorded interview with Leif Ogard, the author of I Have Parkinson's, but Parkinson's does not have me. 
a man who has had Parkinson's for 7,790 days or 21 years, who was told at the time of his diagnosis he would be in a wheelchair in five years, and who decided instead of deciding that he was one over 300%, or I should say one over 300 sick, that he was 299 over 300 healthy, that he was actually very healthy and there was just uh, uh, an evidence of some imbalance in in his body that he was going to actually do something about. It's quite a remarkable story. A man who has been proactive and who has started his own business and who is making tons of money. I interviewed him at his uh, new home, his summer home that he had just arrived at uh, the day before we did the interview a man who recommends that everybody take full responsibility and that they be stubborn, and also a man who recommends that uh, people with the symptoms of Parkinson's and their caretakers be solution-oriented rather than problem-oriented. And with that combination, uh, you can, too, be out shooting arrows uh, and bowling and uh, golfing and doing lots of uh, fascinating and fun exercise uh, routines every day, and as well as doing mental challenges to keep yourself healthy, fit, happy, and well. I want to uh, point out, if you missed it or if you've sort of been listening in and out uh, to the interview, that uh, he did point out that for his medications, he really asks his body each time how much medication he needs to take. Instead of having a uh, regimented routine of how much to take, he really checks in to see how much he really needs, uh, which is a recommendation that I first heard from John Coleman, who basically said, yeah, things are changing, circumstances change, we're under more stress in certain situations than others, and so oftentimes it's uh, actually possible to reduce medications, particularly if you're under a low-stress day. And so that was quite fascinating for me. What I found, I want to say, just personally, to be most, most interesting was his report that his support group was to go bowling with other individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's every week. I have oftentimes heard individuals uh, tell me that they're a bit disappointed with their support groups because people tend to hang around, sit around, and talk about uh, problems that they've got with this or that or maybe challenges with medications or health care providers or whatever. So it kind of that winds up being a, a low-frequency, complaining, uh, depressing kind of an event. And many people tell me, well, they just really stop going because uh, it's so depressing to them. And uh, his, uh, his solution is, well, uh, you basically get together and you go bowling and have loads of fun and obviously get a lot of exercise to boot. And that's the whole that's just what that support group does. They go bowling, not just once a month, but every week, which I thought was uh, quite, quite an amazing story, one that I actually haven't heard. He sent me a letter, follow-up, uh, and I actually want to read part of that to you because it uh, gives a little bit uh, extra information about his situation. So this is a letter, an email that he sent me uh, just yesterday, uh, a follow-up to the interview. The most, in- And so this is what Leaf says, quote, The most important person in my life and in the fight with Parkinson's disease was not who is not getting the credit she is worth is my wife, Agneta. Without her support, I hadn't been... W- where I am today, that's for sure. 
As you can see in one of the first pages of the book, it is dedicated to her for her heroic support. I have 1,003 more things to say, uh, but he did have a lot of fun during the uh, actual interview. And uh, he also points out his ability to be able to control his body uh, uh, challenges that were uh, he was experiencing during the first part of the interview. So that was a remarkable experience for me uh, to, in the very beginning, uh, hear some challenges he was having with being able to uh, to stay with the interview, and then all of a sudden that was quickly resolved by his ability to go into his meditation that he was practicing on. That's his new challenge. Um, he uh, also, this is a big, uh, a big point of the letter that I wanted to read. Now, you can order his book, as we've mentioned several times here, by uh, going on the website of his, which is www.masterparkinson.com. That's M-A-S-T-E-R-P-A-R-K-I-N-S-O-N dot com. But he also says that uh, he really wants to get the book out, and he's really uh, determined to be able to get the book, particularly to individuals who are newly diagnosed. So uh, he's telling me, listen, um, if, uh, if people are not able to afford the book, please let him know. Uh, he really wants to get the book out. So I think if you go on his website, if you're having uh, challenges with uh, finances this month, um, let them know you'd like to have the book, and you might be surprised uh, to receive something in the mail from him as his gift to you. And if you are listening and you are uh, part of an organization that could benefit from the book by uh, basically having the book be shared by a number of different members, please go to his website and be in contact with him. He obviously has an email address, and I think he, what he's saying here in the letter is he would really like to be able to, uh, to send the book at no cost uh, to organizations who would like to be able to make the book available to their, uh, to their members. Uh, so that's quite an incredible offer. Basically, if you'd like to be able to get some wonderful uh, hope and uh, ways that you can get relief from your symptoms. Obviously, he's telling his story of 21 years with Parkinson's. Obviously, it's not a smooth story. He's not saying in the very beginning he had things figured out. In the interview, he's very clear that uh, it was really seven years of, of really tough struggling there in the very beginning and doubting and uh, being, I think, uh, uh, what, I, what I gathered was uh, pretty depressed about his situation. And then basically he was able to, uh, to turn his situation around to all the steps that he actually took. So it's, uh, I want to say, a, a, a quite remarkable and an amazing uh, story of, of his own uh, way of being able to address the uh, symptoms that he actually uh, has. Uh, I want to give a heads up to everybody uh, about uh, a volunteer that we've got of an individual who is a health coach who basically coaches individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's and making suggestions on places they could uh, investigate for getting relief from their symptoms. Uh, she's volunteered to do a free consultation uh, on the radio program. If you would like to have a free consultation from a, a health coach who works with people who have the symptoms of Parkinson's, let me know. And we'll put you on the program with you, with, with uh, her, and you can get uh, some consultation and be able to also give everybody else the experience of what that exchange might be all about. So you can just email me at robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com, 
and uh, I'll, I'll be delighted to set that up uh, for a future radio program. I also have a call out there of any of you that have any experience with uh, ketone diets. Uh, there's been recent research indicating that the ketone diets might actually have a, a, a positive effect on the symptoms of Parkinson's. And I've got a couple of research articles that I've been digging into that have been uh, referred to me by uh, individuals who are listeners. And uh, I'd really love to hear from you if you have any experience with that as well so that we can capture that information. So, again, just uh, let me know in an email. Uh, that address is robert at parkinsonsrecovery.com. You can uh, always sign up for the newsletter on the main site if you haven't done so. So heavens to Betsy, uh, sign up. It basically gives you the notice of uh, all the information that we're able to uh, collect and gather and all the news that we're, we're able to uh, get about uh, recent advances in, in Parkinson's disease. What's uh, most recently up, as it turns out, is uh, there is a researcher who has found that um, Working with the Nintendo Wii, that's W-I-I, for those of you that don't know that particular new technology, uh, is actually had a, a positive benefit on people who have the symptoms of uh, Parkinson's and with a particular uh, challenge of movement difficulties. Uh, so uh, stay tuned for, for future news. I actually contacted the Nintendo company and I requested uh, 10 free Nintendos that could be sent to 10 volunteers who'd like to participate in the study of that. Now, I haven't heard back, and I suppose it's possible I may not hear back because I think those, uh, those particular uh, game, games are, are pretty expensive. But, um, but that would be a delightful thing to do, I think, is to basically do a, a little pilot study using our symptom tracker through Parkinson's recovery and so that we could basically get a baseline for all the study volunteers and uh, invite people to use we. If you're using we, let me know. Send me an email. We'll do a specific program on uh, we, W-I-I. That's the, uh, the particular game that uh, challenges you with uh, playing tennis or uh, any of these other kinds of sports games. Um, and it, it, it challenges you with actually moving your body on a pad and so you're also looking at a, a, a TV screen as you're doing that. So it's quite an amazing technology, and uh, it may have promise for being able to help people work through challenges uh, with balance. Lots of exciting things are up at Parkinson's Recovery in terms of the research that uh, we're doing and what we're identifying is giving uh, you great relief from symptoms. You can get uh, answers to all of the questions that are asked on the Parkinson's blog, uh, you can get access uh, to that through the main website, which is parkinsonsrecovery.com. Uh, and uh, what you'll see is uh, every day I'm posting uh, answers to uh, questions that are submitted. And also there are some wonderful testimonials of people who are telling us what they're doing to feel better. Um, I think one of the uh, keys to being able to uh, maintain a program of recovery is to sustain uh, the commitment uh, to experiment. And so if you're a person who's out there experimenting and is hopeful that, in, in fact, things are going to get better, they will get better. That's what we know from uh, my interviews with many, many individuals out there who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. So I want to say thank you very much for joining me for this quite fascinating and engaging uh, interview with Leif Ogard, the author of I Have Parkinson's, But Parkinson's Does Not Have Me. Uh, I hope you will uh, uh, order his book and benefit from his experience of 21 years of having Parkinson's or 7,790 days now. And that's what's happening on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the women are smart, 
all the men are handsome and all the children are truly loved. No, by virtue of the fact that you are listening to this Parkinson's Recovery Internet Radio program, that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.